Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. So welcome back. We're going to have a fun podcast today. Um, we had I just had a coaching call with Brandon Jackson in North Carolina. You guys mm-hmm. have heard his name on this podcast before because he happens his coaching call happens right before um, the podcast, so he's always t- uh, top of mind. And Brandon, by the way, I know you're listening. Is going to have the best year ever by a huge country mile. He's uh, an absolute uh, rock star. If you guys have any leads that are going to the Charlotte area of North Carolina, you definitely want to keep that in mind. So listen, we are going to be talking to you guys about five, actually six things. We came up with the sixth point, Julie did. What we learned from living through what is one of the historically worst earthquakes in American history. Um, that's what you know, a lot of you, have, you know, we live in Puerto Rico and we moved down here in July or August and full concession. We knew about the hurricanes, but we did not know what I'm about to tell you. We did not know that it turns out that Puerto Rico is the worst place in all of the country in terms of earthquakes. We did not know that. And, uh, you know, we found out about that <laughs> recently, obviously, from the earthquake. And then Julie did a little bit of research, and we're looking at this graph of the United States, you know, Puerto Rico, Guam. Those are all, you know, not technically states, but they're part of the U.S. And so we were looking at this, and it was showing, like, you know, you guys think of earthquakes. You think of California or, you know, you think of things like that. Well, it, earthquakes, uh, earthquake zones, if you look at California, it's red. Well, Puerto Rico, the whole island is purple. I don't even know what purple means. <laughs> It Who can't knew? be a good thing. <laughs> Who knew? Worse than red. But yeah, yeah, it's worse. Yeah. Purple's worse than red. So, so here we are in uh, Puerto Rico, and there's this earthquake happening. And you know, so what we're going to do is we're going to tell you about what we learned from this uh, experience. We're going to share with you the things that the five top things that we learned. That frankly, we were uh, that that are fun things, but also some serious things. Because this relates to all of you. Most of you are going to have situations in your life where you're going to have things that are going to cause disruptions. And I'll, let me just draw a parallel. So as a lot of you guys know, Julie and I are from Ohio. And in Ohio, I could tell you stories about horrible winters, right? We could tell you stories about pipes being frozen. We could tell you stories about people being frozen in their houses and you know, literally dying. We can tell you stories, all of that. We can tell you about stories about blizzards. If you're up in Canada, we have a, lot, a ton of Canadian listeners. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's called a normal day in April, what I just described. It's only a kind of a joke because right. I know you guys in Canada had crappy weather all the way until almost May of last year. So everywhere in the world, there's things that want to kill us. That's really the moral of the story. Um, we have coaching clients in Australia, and oh, my gosh, the fires that are happening in Australia. Coaching clients in California, bazillions of coaching clients in California, fires out there, earthquakes out there. Florida, or, yeah, okay, look, I can move all the way. Okay, hold on. We used to live in Texas, and you think, well, hell, Tim, Texas is stable. No, turns out, get this, listeners, Texas doesn't have earthquakes, but they everything there, crawling, creeping, and whatnot, literally is venomous. It wants to kill you. And it Julie <laughs> developed while we were there asthma because the air quality is so bad. 
again, this is how smart your coaches are here, Tim and Julie Harris. We moved to Austin, Texas, um, from not from Ohio, but we were living in Nevada and, and, and part-time in uh, California. And we moved to uh, Texas, not because we found a house we liked, because Austin was cool, other reasons. So we, uh, without having actually researched the fact that Austin, Texas is, what is it, Julie, the number one or, num- or number two worst place yeah. in the United States for allergies. <laughs> it's one of those, right? Yeah. It's, I think our yeah. actual zip code was number two, only to some zip code uh, outside of Atlanta. So it's right up there. Yeah. Who knew? Right. We found out. Yeah. So we, we, we can move around the country. And we can move – then if you guys want to go global. So why am I telling you this? Because wherever you live, what we're going to be presenting to you is relevant. Um, and uh, so what we're going to tell you is the five, six things, sorry, that we learned from living through the earthquake. But before we get to point number one, I want to remind all of you – well, first of all, I want to thank all of you. Um, we are about to cross the threshold, which is for us a huge breakthrough um, this podcast I mentioned this yesterday. I'm watching the numbers tick down, but we are going to soon have 7 million streams and downloads in the last reporting period. Now, that is not so remarkable in the podcast world. There's people that get a lot more than that. But here's what's remarkable about what I just told you. Our podcast is geared primarily for residential real estate agents, primarily in the United States. That's it. That's our primary market. But we have listeners all, all over the world. We have podcast listeners in, in Italy and podcast. So here's what's, here's what's happened. This podcast, you know, what Julie and I started out a couple of years ago as something that we wanted to do because it would be a great way to communicate with you guys and help you. This podcast has become a bit of a phenomenon. And, and as a result of that, it's had 7 million streams and downloads of primarily real estate agents. Now, Tim, what are you talking about? There's only 1.3 million members of the National Association of Realtors. Your maps don't add up. Well, it's because we have a ton of people that listen every single day. So this is by far the number one listened to uh, daily podcast for real estate agents. I, I can't say – I can say for in the United States for sure, but probably the entire world. That's kind of batshit crazy if we're being honest. And it's obviously caused our book, Harris Rules, to continue to be a bestseller. Um, you know, it's for sale at really any major bookseller. Barnes & Noble has it. Obviously, Amazon has it. So if you haven't gotten our book yet, Harris Rules, it's a perfect complement to this podcast. Um, and ultimately, most of you guys join our coaching program. But look, the whole goal from doing this podcast, we are in the process of accomplishing. And it's because of you guys. And I really want to sincerely thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast in the United States for real estate agents. And the way I would sincerely appreciate you helping us is go to iTunes, primarily iTunes, and giving this podcast a five-star rating. And when you do, that actually helps. It. Long story short, uh, iTunes then starts marketing the podcast to other real estate professionals around the world, which I suspect is how we're getting listeners in Malta and how we're getting listeners in France and Australia and New Zealand, because iTunes is promoting it to people who have, you know, are listening to other real estate podcasts and saying, Hey, you might like Tim and Julie. And that's exactly what's happening. So please, please, please do consider taking about half a millisecond and going to iTunes and giving us a five-star review. Don't give us a four-star review. Give us a five-star review. Evidently four-star reviews don't mean bunk um, 
at uh, when it comes to accomplishing the goal. Next, please remember, we do have available for you free coaching calls. A lot of you are starting out the year without a business plan. That is a real estate sin. You need to get your real estate treasure map done, and we've made it painfully simple for you. And here's all you have to do to get your real estate treasure map for free, which is your fill-in-the-blank business plan, and to have a free coaching call. Just text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And when you do, we're going to send you a direct link back. You click on the link in your email. So you're, I'm sorry, in your, in your text. So you're going to send that text right now, Harris to 31996. You're on your mobile device. So go ahead and do it now if you haven't done it yet. And then when you do, we're going to send you a direct link back. Then you just click on the link, and the link is going to take you to a secret page on our website. And all we have seven free books there that you can download. The Real Estate Treasure Map is the one I want you to finish first because that is your fill-in-the-blank business plan. It is comprehensive. I promise you it's not a, you know, it's not a wimpy business plan. And also there's your 12-month lead generation plan. There's other things like that. So please go do that right now. Go ahead and text the word Harris to 31996. And then what happens is we're going to call you back, and then we're going to offer you a free coaching call. You want one, you don't want one, it's completely up to you. But we're going to offer you a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. And on that coaching call, they're going to help you finish your real estate treasure map. They're going to let you know about our premier coaching program. And that's how we move forward with you. So you guys, you know, take advantage of this. Text the word Harris to 31996. All right. <laughs> Julia, I had fun putting these yes. points together. Um, so, <laughs> and, these, and we just lived through this. <laughs> so I'm going, to, I'm going to start out by telling you guys a story. And this actually happened to, you know, <laughs> duh, it just happened. So it's fresh in my mind. And I think Julie and I are going to be doing a lot of laughing on this podcast because what about to, it, it's a natural reaction to be having been sort of scared shitless. But this is what happened. 4.30 in the morning, you know, we're sleeping soundly. We have real estate dreams bouncing around in our brains. It's right after the holiday, right? <laughs> just was freaking last week. Okay, guys? Was it last week, Julie, the week before? It's just it was not last even week. that long ago. It was last week yesterday. Yeah, last week. Yeah. All right, and yep. so the whole house starts to shake. And I'm thinking, well, Julie's rolling over. Or maybe one of our French bulldogs <laughs> is, you know, having a running dream or who knows what. So, so the whole bed starts to shake. And, and, and it doesn't stop shaking. Okay? And the windows and the and doors sh- and the floors, everything. Yes, everything. And so the little bit of everything. shake, you don't think of it. Uh, then when it doesn't go away, you say, okay, well, this is bizarre. And then it gets annoying. Right. Then you're like, okay, there's definitely something going on here. And and then the house, the house, whole house shook for probably about a minute. And it, it was a nice rolling type. Those of you in California, you know, there's, you know, this is a jolting earthquake, which is quite scary. And then there's the rolling earthquake. This is like a rolling one. I don't know how else to describe it. So the epicenter yeah. for this earthquake, there's, there's three plates, basically, for those of you who are curious about this. I know this is all over the news, but I'm giving you the, I'm giving you the insider's perspective. Down in the southern part of the island, down near a really beautiful little town called Ponce, there's um, off in the ocean, there's three plates. So the plate tectonics were all these plates were moving, and essentially this this happens all the time in Puerto Rico, but it doesn't happen at the level in which it was, it's been happening since December 28th. So it turns out we've been experiencing how many earthquakes? Was it 200, Julie? Earthquakes have yeah. happened. Some of them were perceivable. Some of them were from since December 28th. 200. Yeah. But this one that happened at night, trust me, we felt it. But it wasn't over with. There were more earthquakes that happened after that. Then, and they were all like fives and sixes, and they were all like they were noticeable within um, like two hours like, apart or three hours apart. It was constant. 
It was constant. Yeah. I mean, you'd be like, you know, just uh, whatever. And so electricity, the, the grid went down. To put this in perspective, the Northridge earthquake, Julie, you're near your computer. Can you Google what the yep. Northridge earthquake in California was? Peter yesterday at the huh? gym told me it was a six, a 6.0 or something. Okay, but go and investigate it. So, so what happened was is any in the southern part of the island primarily, anything that was not built to uh, withstand that type of experience fell down, and that's in 19, what happened. And so, the, yeah. So that's pretty I'm sorry, close. Julie. What'd six point seven in nineteen ninety six point seven, and so that was pretty close. Ours was a six point four. Okay, so. A lot of you will remember, especially from California, the absolutely horrible pictures of the Northridge earthquake where, like, the overpasses fell on top of each other and all this stuff. So that's the level of the earthquake that hit um, Puerto Rico. And the southern part of the island is – and we're going to get to our points, but I'm just going to use some backstory here, some color so you guys understand. The southern part of the island is not, generally speaking, from what we've learned, I don't know this from personal experience, I'm just passing on with what I was told, it's not built to withstand earthquakes and hurricanes like the northern part of the island is. The northern part of the island in Dorado is where we live. And so the southern part of the island, that's the reports that you're seeing. So houses that were not built to the high enough standard are the same properties that fall down every time there's a hurricane. And then the, you know, the pieces and parts of the house are there, and they just rebuild them, fall down again, rebuild them, fall down again. So this is the type of thing that happens. It's the same – like you guys say, well, Puerto Ricans, you know, what the hell? Why are they – okay, same thing happens in the United States. People continuously rebuild houses that are in – known fire zones in California? Or how about the people that build houses on the coastal areas in California that they know full well that next time there's a big hurricane, the hurricane's going to blow the house to bits. So this type of behavior is not unique to the island. It's just humanity, right? Just because there's only so much prime real estate to go around. Now, with that point, with, with that said, point number one that we wrote down is here's what we definitely learned, and we have six points for you. This first point I've already expressed, I think. Earthquakes are assholes. We are absolutely positive that we're correct on that point. <laughs> Earthquakes are assholes. That's point number one. All right, point number two, Julie. Julie? Okay, let me go to my notes. <laughs> All right, point number two. All right. Always fun. And we're having another earthquake. Point number two. People have differing degrees of tolerance. Uh, to both perceived and real risk. And so what do I mean by that? It means that folks, you, what you'll see, and we saw this happening, are people would, uh, the way that people reacted to being scared about the earthquake varied dramatically. And what I mean by that is you saw a lot of people that were unable to actually emotionally deal with, I won't say a lot of people, most of the people, Julie's back, most of the people that, um, yep. like, so there were some, pri there were some private Facebook groups that Julie and I are members of, and the people primarily are like us. They're, they're mainlanders that moved down to Puerto Rico. And some of the you know, people just said, okay, that's it, I'm out. I'm going to move back to the mainland. There were people that reacted like that, where other people were like, yeah, you know what, it's okay. I've got my generator. I've got... So the first thing you've got to understand, and it's a time of crisis, Nobody re everybody reacts differently. And the people that seem to have reacted uh, the, one, the, the worst were the ones that had the, the least elasticity and the least tolerance for any kind of change to their daily routines. 
In other words, as soon as one thing is out of place, they could not emotionally deal with it. It only took a couple of days for them to start breaking down. Now, there's something – I'm going to take you guys down a slightly different path here, why this is relevant to you. We talked about how all of you could experience outages just to, due to natural disasters. Well, your grid could go down. You're, you're in Southern California, this happens. They, they do brownouts. There's all kinds of things that are it, – and what happens is once people start losing the sense of security that is provided by you know, modernity, then what happens is they start freaking out, and it does not take long for people to start overreacting. So you have to remember, and you have to have a plan ahead of time. So, Julie, point number two. Yes, I was actually or point number three because we, we did have one this morning that was 5.2, just checking. All right, so let's see. Point number three. Yes, point number three. Point number three, have your plan in place for actually being off the grid. Don't count on the authorities to take care of you. They will be minding their own affairs, not yours. So have your own energy source, water, food, medicine, gas in your car, charge on your phone, battery backups, cash on hand. Plan for the worst and hope for the best. And again, whether that's earthquakes, tornadoes, fires, floods, doesn't matter. It's going to happen to you one way or the other. Okay? I mean, some of you guys have lost power for no apparent reason for a couple of days. Stuff just happens. So plan for the worst and hope for the best. Now, I have to say having gone through this like you know continuously for the past week or so here um that was something that i was thinking of i always think you know having grown up around tornadoes and floods and you know uh blizzards and such that you're pretty well prepared you know you got your flashlights you got your water you're pretty good but there are degrees of preparedness and you definitely have to have it together i think it's the fear of the unknown that freaks people out and the more prepared you are the better off you're going to be. And as I was writing this, being that this is for our real estate podcast, things came to mind like, you know, our listing saying proper previous planning prevents pitifully poor performance. Well, you could apply that saying here too. So you have to plan ahead and hope for the best. So back to you for point number four. Well, and so, but drill down on what planning, what that actually means. And so what we did, um, make sure I'm not talking on another point. No, what we did is we ended up buying a diesel generator. Excuse me, a big, huge 30-kilowatt diesel generator. We have now diesel backup fuel. Now, at the electrical grid, by the way, which is the next point we're going to talk about, the news lies, the grid is back, electricity is back, you know, everything's working again. But we're not going – we were vulnerable because we just moved into this house, new house, and it did not have a generator. So we went and, you know, since then we bought a generator. Um, where I know this, some of you are, are going to say, well, this sounds extreme, but it's not. In Puerto Rico, and by the way, in your market too, in your community too, there might not be water towers. In California, it's very rare to see water towers because guess what? Water towers are vulnerable during earthquakes. And so the water here is pumped. Well, if the electricity goes off, it does not take long for the water to stop flowing. If you guys know anything about you know, health, as soon as the water stops flowing, that's when diseases start. So one of the things that we're going to do, and it's not that expensive, is we're going to we're getting a big, huge cistern, a cistern that can be backed up through rainwater, which it rains here, you know, probably once a day, and that's going to provide us for a backup water source. So we're and Julie's got a backup uh, drug supply from a, a, a doctor friend of ours. We're going to have um, we're going to have some MREs. You guys know in the military what I'm talking about. Julie, what does MRE stand for? She googled it yesterday. <laughs> Meals ready to eat. That's right. So we're going to go through all that. Now, are we over-preparing? Hell yeah, we are. Of course we are. But we don't want to be, we are, we don't want to be sure. vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to be vulnerable. 
So if – and we're also um, – there's a, um, an internet connection here that's not dependent on the grid. So if the internet goes down or if there's another sort of anything that causes the island to have disturbances, again, this applies to you too. When we were back – a true story. When Julie and I were living in uh, New Albany, Ohio, we were coming back from an after-holiday vacation in, uh, in uh, what was it, Mayan Riviera Mexico. down in Mexico. Yep. Yeah, so we, we were totally completely off the grid. No electricity down there. We were living like in a thatch hut. This was before we had uh, Zoe. We were living in a thatch hut overlooking the ocean. It was fantastic. There had been a, a photo shoot that happened in the exact thatch hut that we were in the week before for anthropology. So, you know, there, you know the, the retail store. So this was a beautiful – okay, so we then are flying back. We're in the Atlantic airport, and there are people everywhere. No, you couldn't even walk through. There's a goat path, you know, uh, through the whole airport because all the flights have been delayed because, guess what, a massive snowstorm had knocked out basically all the flights and, you know, for everything on the eastern seaboard. Julie calls her mom, and her mom says, what the hell are you doing? Why did you stay in Mexico? You guys are never going to get home. Eventually, we get home. And when we land back in Columbus, we go out to New Albany, Ohio. Now, New Albany, Ohio is a modern city. You know, everything about it, it's the best of the best. No electricity. And not only was there no electricity, there was no gas. The, the natural gas, it was off. The electricity was off. The water, if it wasn't off, your pipes were frozen. And it had been like that for like a week. Nobody was there. It was like ghost town. And we just arrived back because this winter storm had knocked everything out. Now, here we were in Columbus, Ohio, in New Albany, Ohio. You would never have expected anything like that to happen. How about in New York City? For those of you guys who are listening in the city, do you have a plan? What are you going to do when, the, you know, when there's a, a, a huge snowstorm that hits the eastern seaboard? Could happen a month from now. Could happen tomorrow, right? You guys get the point? It's up to you to basically take care of you and yourself and your family. That is your primary objective, and take these points seriously. So over-prepare. Have a backup power source. In California, we learned about go bags. If you guys don't know what that is, basically if an earthquake or fire is near, you need to have a bag for every single one of your family members. It's called a go bag. These things are real things. Now, how do you make money from this idea? Here's an idea. If you live in an area of the country where this is a common occurrence or at least a common worry, why don't you lead and have a neighborhood community type situation where we talk about at this neighborhood meeting what the plan is when there's any kind of disturbance from you know, weather, whatever, and fires, anything happens. What's the plan? What are we going to do? How can we help people that are uh, maybe have a lot of kids or have a lot of pets or have are elderly? What is the plan for us as a community to take care of them? That is a killer way for you guys to actually position yourself as leaders. All right, so the next plan, our point, point number four, and we're going to get through uh, these two other points today too. Point number four is the news lies, then reports more lies, and then the lies about the lies. All right, so what that means specifically was is we were hearing from you guys constantly, and thank you for caring about us. And we, your, your, you know, your prayers and all that were definitely heartfelt, and we definitely were – we were off the grid. We couldn't even read anything for reasons I already stated. And then as soon as we got back online, I was inundated with all these messages and texts and everyone wishing us well. It's very sweet of you. But here's what I discovered. A lot of you guys were reacting to news that was not accurate. And so what happened was is the news that's being reported in the mainland about what's actually happening in Puerto Rico, not the same thing. So you've got to rely on local sources for what's actually happening. Don't go to the news because the news lies because the news wants to report drama. 
The news is going to go to the, you know, you guys have seen these stories before. This is not new information. You know, it's fake news, basically, but it's fake news because they know that people are going to react quicker to bad news than they are good news. No one wants to hear about a 6.4 earthquake and 200 subsequent earthquakes happening and then not to have, you know, damage. Well, from what I understand, there was one person that was killed as a result of these earthquakes. A whole bunch of buildings were affected for sure, but one person killed. A horrible thing to be sure, but is that what you're, from having watched CNN, is that really what your expectation was, or didn't you expect half the island to be gone? Isn't that ridiculous? So the news lies. You're going to have to accept that and then start relying on, and one of the things that Julie and I are advocates of is being media-free, and we've done podcasts on that before, um, being media-free gives you the advantage of essentially not having anybody sneak uh, insidious thoughts or ways of thinking into your brain, uh, go to our website, Tim and Julie Harris, um, and then go up to the search bar, which is in the upper right-hand section, and put in the word media-free, and you'll see what we're talking about. It's a great way for you to get control of your emotions to start the year. And it's, in essence, what it does is it makes it so that you're, um, you don't have any absorption of any more media, no news, no nothing. You are 100% pure. You do not care about politics. You do not care about this movement or that movement. Purge yourself of all that, and then you can get back in control of thinking the thoughts are going to be the betterment of yourself and your family. Julie, point number five? Yes, point number five is people are kind, generous, and helpful during crises. Our generator was installed at midnight during a rainstorm, and they all were like, it's my pleasure. They were not jerks about it at all. And, you know, I have to be honest, by about day four and a half, which is when we finally caved and said, all right, enough's enough, let's get a generator. Um, you know, I was starting to get a little skeptical, like, are they really showing up? Because they were supposed to be there at noon, then two, and then four, and they kept texting, yep, I promise you're going to have your generator. And then I figured, you know, I think, what was this? This was like Saturday night, okay? And it's like 11 o'clock at night, dark as can be, you know, because nobody's got electricity, in a driving rainstorm. And not only do they show up, but the whole army of guys, because installing a generator that size requires a crane, um, a whole bunch of guys to position it. The fuel guy with his giant fuel tank, they all like descended upon our house and got the job done. And we're like, yep, we're on to our next thing. It, it was awesome. So people are very kind and generous and helpful. I have to say dealing with the school during this, because that's a whole other level of concern is what's happening with your kids should something like this happen unexpectedly. They've been really great and generous. And, and I do see, Tim, to your point, people being leaders about preparedness. A lot of the moms, and one of the things I'm going to uh, be participating in for a kindergarten, is having each classroom ready with water and flashlights and communication and food and snacks and all this kind of stuff. And what is the plan? So I think that the initial reaction has to be to take care of yourself and your family. But then it's got to be, how can I be of service? And I just see that well, happening all around us. And we're not even in the thick of it here. We're not in the South. But go ahead. You're right. You're, you're touching on a really good point. I, it was a Ronald Reagan quote that says the scariest words in the <laughs> English language are, you know, a knock at the door and someone from the government saying, I'm here from the government. I'm from the government. I'm here to help. I mean, it's a Ronald Reagan joke. But still, it is true. Mm -hmm. Because the reality of it is, is here's what happened. The Puerto Rico earthquake happened, and then the governor of Puerto Rico said to all government workers, of which in Puerto Rico there's a ton because this island used to be somewhat socialist, said, listen, here's, if you're a non-essential government worker, you don't need to come to work. Because the natural – and it makes sense, right? It's human behavior. If there's any kind of disruption, if there's fires, if there's earthquakes, if there's this, this, and the other things, people are going to take care of their families first. Why am I telling you this? 
because A, it's common sense that hopefully you have, but B, that means that if you think the government is going to parachute from the sky and save your ass when that mm-hmm. big flood hip, hits, mm-hmm. even, guys, what happened in Houston? What happened in Houston not so right. long ago? No one's expecting, yeah, that was unbelievably horrible. What happens when these big tornadoes strike? You think the government's the government shows up days later. What happens is local people organize and they take care of each other. But you need to be ahead of the curve. You need to be one of the people that you know essentially got all your ducks in a row. So take this seriously. Make a little habit of it. Uh, what do they call it, Julie? There was a little trend that happened after September 11th called preppers. That's not a bad idea. Oh, right. Be a little bit of a prepper no, yourself. No. All right, point number six. Julie. I wish I had been more of a prepper, quite frankly. I'm getting there, though. Okay, so our next point, then I've got to get to premiere, <coughs> excuse me, is your routine is your stabilizer. Get back to some level of normalcy, even if it's for a few hours a day. Work out, do your follow-up calls, eat your normal diet, stay connected. When we were completely out of power, we had no air conditioning, we had only cold showers, the refrigerator went kaput, we still went to the gym, we worked out, we had some level of our normal morning that we do before our coaching calls in our normal day. We talked to our friends. We made sure everybody was okay. Zoe actually went to camp because they had generators. That was a blessing. So get back to <coughs> excuse me, some level of normal routine because there is some comfort in that. And it gets you a little bit more stable so that not everything in your world is going haywire because not everything in your world is going haywire. You know, we still had the, the leaf blowers and the lawn maintenance guys and the trash still got took out and, you know, the mail still came. One of our next points well, before I ran out of time writing yeah. this was life goes on. So participate in it. And I'll throw it back to you, Tim, because I'm one minute away from premiere. Well, really, the biggest lesson we learned is Puerto Ricans are amazing, resilient people. Puerto Ricans are, have the heart and souls of true Americans, um, even though a lot of them don't consider themselves Americans, but they remind me of Texans on an island. That's how they are. So a lot of the things that we missed and loved the most about Texas was the quality and the nature of the people. People were definitely family-focused and definitely had their, you know, they had their heads screwed on street. Well, Puerto Ricans, for a large part, are the exact same way. I'll, I'll end with a, a really good story. So one of our neighbors was, uh, remember, we had a gen, we bought this house, no generator. So one of our neighbors noticed that we didn't have any lights on in our house, and he had a generator. And what he allowed us to do at his own expense was use the electricity from his generator, and then didn't he cut the electricity off to his house so that we could at least have some you know basic needs taken care of inside the house, you know. It helps to have a daughter that everyone loves named Zoe because they knew her and they, well, you know that. But still, at the end of the day, guys, you need to realize that when trouble comes, knocks on your door in the form of weather, in the form of fires, the form of natural disasters, there's, you know, some of you guys might know what an EMP is. There's lots of things that could adversely affect um, your ability to, you know, essentially keep a routine, civil, civilized life. You've got to start with understanding that most people are going to overreact in it towards the negative. Some people are going to be calm, cool, and collected, but it's so few that um, you can't rely on those people to basically bail you out. You have to accept the fact that you have to take care of your own family. You have to overprepare. Rob Johnson, I was on the coaching call with him this morning. He's the number one agent, congratulations, Rob, in Connecticut. He sold or closed $129 million last year. And I hadn't talked to him for three weeks, you know, a week longer than expected because of the earthquake after the holiday break. And so I, I was telling him, you know, he just wanted an update. And I, you know, told him all is well. And we had generator kind of summarized what I just told you guys. 
and he knew all about generators. Greenwich, Connecticut, one of the most expensive markets in the world. His average sale price is over $3 million, okay? And so in Greenwich, Connecticut, he, has, he was a generator expert. Why? Because guess what, guys? The electricity goes out all the time in Greenwich, freaking Connecticut. And then, you know, I remember, you know, there's all kinds of different – you think, well, a generator, Tim, I won't need one of those. You do, and you'll wish you had one. So start with that, a basic idea as a generator. Then think about backup water. Think about if you are – you definitely want some antibiotics. You can get antibiotics that are a powder, and you mix with water. And then, it, you know, I think – I forget what antibiotic it is. Julie's not on the podcast. She knew all this. But take care of yourselves. Don't wait for somebody to do it. Don't wait for somebody to bail you out. Don't wait for the government to come knocking on your door and say, we're going to solve all your problems because it doesn't happen. After the big uh, the floods in Houston, you guys, we went down there, and we saw what had happened to Houston. You wouldn't believe it. The communities were just normal neighborhoods that were just – the houses, two-story houses were basically flooded eight feet deep from the foundation. It, it just was unbelievable, and these, these neighborhoods had been there for generations where com- the houses were completely ruined. Guess who was down there helping? Churches, neighbors, firefighters that were coming in from different you know, parts of the state on their own dime and different parts of the country. That's what was helping people. That's what we're helping. You know, it, was, it was people like you. So in a time of you know, a natural disaster or a man-made disaster, you've got to put yourself in a position now to be a leader. And then what happens is that when the disaster strikes, because it will in some form or fashion, you are – at least able to take care of you and yours, and that's what really matters. And then after you've got your own you know, personal family, whatnot, squared away, then you can start helping your neighbors. And then what happens is after everything goes back to normal, people will remember the character you had to help them. People are going to remember the fact that you not only you know, obviously had your generator and you were taking care of you and yours, but you were also out there trying to help other people as well. That's really what makes a huge long-term difference to and look, we're real estate coaches. We're focused on helping you guys make money. But this obviously, this conversation goes way beyond that. So this is the last time we'll be talking about the earthquake. And just know that everything where we live in Dorado is back to normal. Our house wasn't damaged ultimately. Um, yeah. And again, thank you so much, all of you, for you know giving a hoot about us. And um, <laughs> you don't need to send anything. We're fine. We're not living in the Stone Age, though we practically were for five days. But now everything's back to normal. If there's anything I can do for you guys at all, ever, remember, you can just text me directly, 512-758-0206. A lot of you are interested in joining EXP and being part of our EXP group. If you want to talk with me about that directly, you can just text me directly at 512-758-0206. If you want to learn more about EXP Realty, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. In the meanwhile, guys, have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Thank you.